episode 16 of the nerd impact podcast um this week we are looking at the uh classic maybe call it that um 2010 film kick-ass directed by matthew vaughan of x-men first class and kingsman fame um so yeah let's just dive right into it uh nath kick-ass uh, yeah, no, it was an interesting uh, choice, this one, as uh, Kick-Ass is a film that um, I think was a bit of, a bit ahead of its time, really. I think that's probably an easy thing to say, but uh, this this came out in 2010, so this was prior to the whole, you know, we'd had Iron Man, we'd had, uh, I think, Iron Man 2 by that point, by 2010, I think, maybe the first fourth Thor film, but um, we hadn't had the Avengers or anything like that, so we hadn't had the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe boom, so that sort, whole sort of superhero, uh, you know, you know all the tropes in the genre that kind of genre was was not deconstructed yet yet kick-ass sort of came in before all that sort of was in the cultural zeitgeist and sort of just fired away point to make there um you're forgetting comics existed yeah comics but what i'm talking about is comics weren't read by the the wider audience right that people didn't have the mcu what I mean is superhero deconstruction existed in comics. As yeah, well, but I'm talking about more just sort of widely in the, yeah, okay, terms fine, of the popular fine. zeitgeist yeah. is that this was a very popular film. It was quite a yeah. big release. It did quite well in yeah. the cinemas, but you didn't have anything like the MCU back then, did you? You had nerds yeah, reading comics, not necessarily. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. You know, Equally, this, nerd film, wasn't cool. this film was and still isn't really, isn't part of a formula. Like it used comic book panels in certain parts. It, you know, it had like the comic book pan- uh, panels, like the meanwhile and stuff integrated into it, which obviously no comic book films really do that anymore at- or at all, really. Yeah. That seems to be quite a unique feature to comic book films, still, which was pretty cool. Sin City did it. I think Sin City might. Yeah. I think Sin City did. did. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that got kind of like stylized uh, comic book style. It, it isn't massive in this film. I think it's only for like one sort of scene properly is where you get almost like a, a, a very Kill Bill uh, re- reminiscent, you know, um, uh, what's her name from the first, uh, is it the, from, the, from the first Kill Bill where they have the anime sequence where she kills the Yakuza? Oh uh, yeah, with um, Lucy Liu's character. Lucy Liu's character, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sort of felt like that, sort of like a, an animated style background uh for the character effectively for the character of big daddy and mindy so hit girl but yeah i, I think it's worth mentioning what what sort of kick-ass is about then aiden if you want to yeah. fill us in yeah i mean uh, we'll, we'll talk what it's about and then talk about where what kind of impact it had for us because you mm. know as, as i didn't realize till literally re-watching it this movie's 10 years old 11 <laughs> years old which is insane um but yeah this is basically um you know it's, it's a quote-unquote grounded in reality uh superhero movie it's based on a comic by mark miller um it's basically about a young lad who just decides one day that he wants to be a superhero he has no powers he has nothing special about him he's your you know average teenager um which they kind of monologue at the beginning um and yeah he just decides to become a teenager um i, I won't compare to the graphic novels because i haven't read them yet um but in the, in the film uh, basically day of our main character um on his first outing gets stabbed and run over um <laughs> And then gets a quote unquote again superpower where basically he's got metal plating and severed nerves in parts of his body. So pain is his, his pain threshold is basically a lot higher than most. It's you know above human maybe, uh, but that's the closest you kind of get to that superhero 
um, special powers sort of thing. It's basically just about him, you know, he kind of sets off a storm. He, you know, he becomes the first, like, meteorized superhero in the film. Um, but then you find out there's actually other superheroes who, again, aren't superheroes. They're just very well trained in gun expert, like, they're gun marksmen. They've got good combat skills. Um, and yeah, it all, it all comes in together, which we'll talk about more. But um, that's the general gist of Kick Ash, really. It's just some everyday guy who wants to just be a superhero, which is kind of cool, really. Yeah, it's an interesting concept that someone just sort of decides to, to be a vigilante and make, somehow makes it work, even in spite of complete lack of skills. And I think one of the uh, one of the highlights of this film is, is this his first sort of, as you mentioned, his first sort of outing. This isn't some sort of, uh, I guess, like first superhero fight where you have like the main character discovering their powers and absolutely destroying some henchmen. No, this is him just getting the, ruined. <laughs> just absolutely ruined. Um, <laughs> the I shit mean, kicked out. Of them. Bit, where, 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 for you guys, you know, um, where did what what was the impact on this film? Did it leave much of a mark? You know, obviously we're talking about it, so left quite a big mark on me actually, um, because it was the first time I'd ever seen violence like stylized violence on that level in film and mm. tv of any kind i hadn't my parents were quite restrictive about what i could consume and i think i might have had an xbox with some violent stuff on it but the violence was that i consumed up until then was quite brutal you know mm. it was more like kind of like casino royale for example more yeah. down-to-earth gritty violence and then yeah seeing kingsman i'm like holy shit this is like a dance this is heaven this is an orga- <laughs> like an orgasm to the eyes sort of thing that was incredible um i don't think it holds up quite as well as Kingsman and obviously now that I've seen the raid and the raid 2 and the night comes for us and films like that it's not quite as good as that but it moved me on into that you know like so it was it was jumping off when it was a start you know a, ga- a gateway drug so to speak yeah yeah pretty much weed to the raids methamphetamine there you go that's, that's a very nice way of putting it actually but uh what about you Aiden what what, what did kick-ass mean to you yeah, I mean, again, I wasn't very, um, I didn't realise it was based on a comic till the film came out, but um, I remember seeing the teaser trailer in the, in the in the cinemas, you know, before it was advertised, and obviously that that was very misleading, um, because the teaser trailer is the intro to the actual film where the guy jumps off the building <laughs> and smashes into the car, um, but yeah, so I just kind of went and watched this in cinema, uh, just because you know I like my I like my comic book films. I like films that are you know gritty and a bit violent. And kind of like Archie said, it was it was a different type of violence for that time. And you know, um, God, twenty ten. So yeah, I would have been just old enough to go and watch this in cinemas. And that's a lie. Yeah, I was about sixteen, seventeen. So you know, it was a fifteen over in the UK. So I went and watched it. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, also I think the whole shock culture of having a 11-year-old girl running around dropping F-bombs, C-bombs and just slicing people up was, you know, again, it was something that wasn't quite accessible back then and, you know... It was a distinctly comic book thing which I feel like comic books would have gotten away with suddenly in a film. Yeah, Mm. for sure. Like, comic books have always gotten away with stuff and then suddenly something like that where you're having literally a a child swearing and gutting people. Yeah. Good. Like, yeah, so for me, it was it was a very yeah it held it was it was probably one of my favorite films of that year, you know, and and as I've said, I've, I've grown up and you know you kind of see films that have took that style on and and took it to completely different levels. But as the film in its time, it was very good. I really much enjoyed it. I was couldn't wait for the sequel back then, but the less we speak about, it, the better. That's for another 
time maybe but um yeah, yeah the first kick-ass is really enjoyable um I, I loved it it's humorous i mean obviously you've got stars who you know it kind of kick-started their career for you know at least three or four of the characters you know you had um obviously aaron taylor johnson as kick-ass he you know I swear he was around before kick-ass potentially but I, I don't know anything he was particularly in until you know he went into godzilla he went into uh, age of ultron and then obviously had Chloe Grace Moretz, who has done Carrie. She's done a few of the horror films. Um, so, yeah, and obviously she's become a star in her own. I'm also going to take that back about Aaron Taylor-Johnson because I didn't realise how young he was. He was actually 20 when the film came out. Oh, God, okay. I thought he was... Uh... Yeah, so did I. Um, but he's not. He's 31 now. Okay. And then obviously yeah. you have Evan Peters, who, um, you know, American Horror Story fame and... Much, much I, more. I love him. I love him so much. Yeah. He's really great. He's so great. Yeah. He's, he's, not, he's, he's not underused in this, but yeah. I think if you knew what you knew now and how good yeah. he is, you'd yeah. have used him more. The thing but I like yeah, about he... him a lot is the way he can really play this sort of like asshole, sneaky, not sneaky, like cheeky, cynical um, high school student. Yeah. Like he, sure. he does it really, really well in American Animals. I don't know if you guys have seen that film. No. I just I just realised this movie actually has both versions of Quicksilver in it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it has has uh, both of them from from MCU and uh, well, I think the, the X Men are part of the MCU now, aren't they? they, they yeah, yeah, Fox got the rights. So they will be. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> the other big one who I can't remember his actor's name is. The guy from oh there you go, Clark Duke um he he was in Hot Tub Time Machine and he's again he was quite good in this um, what's his role he's uh, the other friends oh yeah, oh yeah yeah I, I, I've never seen him anymore I know him as miscellaneous sort of funny glasses guy is it's just he's one of those actors that you 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 know the look of but you just wouldn't ever like yeah. really in, know the name in, Jump, I think he might be in Jump Street one. Philly potentially. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it, he one of the you know the the kind of nerds that lurk in the. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think he is in for yeah the first yeah. Yeah. door street. Yeah. God, what an incredible movie that is as well. But yeah. um, yeah, I I, I think uh, it, it definitely was sort of a hallmark of of that sort of uh you know year I think in terms of the films coming out then that we really sort of etched its its place in, in amongst that and I, I think its tone as well was uh definitely something new right that that sort of uh like sarcastic yet yet you know dark tone i think is something that's become a lot more i, I guess un understood nowadays and sort of i've been mentioning it a lot but i think deadpool made it more accessible but this yeah kind that... of, this was the birthmark really potentially not but it was definitely one of the more mainstream films that kind of gave you that balance of really stupid dumb humor and then mm -hmm. really gritty ultra violence so yeah again yeah. you know it has, it has some merits that it was it was brave enough to do this back in 2010 when this was still something that was not not part of the you know the norm i think if you take into account also the fact that like what i mentioned earlier the fact that comics have had superheroes far far longer i think the creators you know like matthew vaughn and the writer mark miller and all these people have probably experiencing the superhero fatigue that now exists in film Mm. see what i mean yeah. so that being the writers of things like watchmen and kick ass and various things like that um they they created these stories as a response to what they saw as maybe kind of unrealistic or morally black and white superhero films and mm -hmm. that for some reason these stories got um 
got adapted into films before superhero films really popped up into the mainstream zeitgeist in film. Strangely enough, yeah. I feel like films like Watch uh, Watchmen and Kick Ass might have been more effective now than they yeah. were in 2010. Yeah. It, it, exactly, it's some sort of yeah. like re- like reactionary sort of pieces towards yeah. the, the the prevailing you know cinema trends of the, the sort of wider superhero genre. It, it'd be, yeah. Nowadays, it'd be perfect, you know. Can, yeah. yeah. The, the references you could throw into it, and the more deconstruction. I mean, maybe it's because it's trying to tell its own story, which is fantastic, but yeah. it does stand on you know primarily as a deconstruction of sort of the superhero yeah. archetype i just i um sorry aiden but i'm i'm not a fan of superheroes not anymore no, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. i just i um yeah I'm, again it's just the pure fatigue i've seen it feels to me like i've seen it all like there are some examples that i like mainly ones like this that deconstructs the sort of the, mm. the kind of the archetype like logan i love logan logan's cool that's, yeah that, that's um, watchmen kick ass like i I have issues with this film, but I overall enjoy it, and we'll get to those issues later. But uh, you know, like overall superheroes, I'm never going to watch another MCU film again. I think. Uh, I mean, I know we're kind of diverging, and we'll come back on. But to be yeah. fair, as as a, as a huge Marvel fan who kind of watched everything from Iron Man all the way up to Endgame, yeah. I've I've been fatigued. Like yeah. I haven't watched Chang Chi, I haven't watched the Eternals, Spider Man's yeah. an but that's because that character holds a special place in my heart but yeah. I, I feel like Endgame was kind of this you know culmination of everything and it's like a, a rest would have been probably the right thing to do I'm gonna be honest I really hated Endgame but that's that's a, I, I kind of agree with Archie to be quite yeah. honest I, I thought yeah. the I thought the MCU died at Infinity War like yeah. I just you I think you're literally like, like <laughs> the, sna- the snap point. was it like just millions across the world just stopped caring. <laughs> I'm gonna make yeah. one point before we actually get back to Kickass. Um, when I saw Infinity War, I really, really, really enjoyed it, and I really liked the ending where the snap led to the death of so many superheroes. And when I walked out of the cinema, I saw a poster for the next Spider-Man film after he died. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like, that very well. Yeah, it's just like you know they're coming back. Where, where are the stakes there? What's going on? Yeah. Like, there has to feel like there's an actual sense of risk. You know, mm. like, you have to actually feel and be immersed enough to actually feel like the characters you saw die actually are dead. You know, like, make it make it a surprise when they come back instead of, oh, look, they're back. But that, that, that if you're talking about like, that, that plays directly into the comic book, you know, like, superhero archetype, right? Like, that, that happens all the time in comics. Like, yeah. no one ever yeah, stays yeah. dead. You know, it's tangent back into kick-ass is yeah. this film for me the stakes were always quite high because it was quite grounded and you, you know, yeah yeah did a lot of subversions in this which i thought were very clever but you know as as you know we'll, we will get into spoilers you know characters do die in this and there's yeah. no there's no oh they'll be back oh they'll be fine i'll recover from that like you're like yeah shit they're dead like this is this is real life and again yeah yeah it, yeah it made the it made the stakes higher for me which i enjoyed yeah, wow. I, yeah. Obviously, on repeated views, you know what's coming. But the first time, I was like, he may not get out of this. Yeah, that's another quick tangent towards um, overall narratives and popular media. I wish they'd be more happy to actually end with on a bad note, like in general, like to actually have stories where the main character dies at the end and there is no chance of them coming back. No single guarantee. Sorry. Yeah, we need them sort of films yeah. occasionally. Like, uh, like, sure, like uh, the the whole superhero thing, um, like the cowboy thing, was more of a sort of celebration of what was morally good versus what was mm. morally bad. It's more trying to uplift people. Like, I'm pretty sure 
superheroes and cowboys became popular in America post-war and during the Cold War as a response to how terrible everyone felt after World yeah. War Two. You know, it was reminding America that America was amazing and that the West was amazing. That's and, it. you know, like, to see characters, uh, that's still for some reason popular now, even though everyone, everything's a lot more decentralized and the whole world is connected, but still, that, that moral black and white thing kind of doesn't vibe with me anymore because it just doesn't feel right. So and I just want... Oh, sorry, Nath, what? Are, are you I'm suggesting we, we, we need more some sort of, like, modern-day tragedy sort of thing to sort of... Yeah, uh... I, 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 yeah like, like the old Greek tragedies where everything ended badly. Hmm. You know, like, I mean, logically it's not, badly. Sorry? It's not a perfect example, but and obviously it's because you kind of knew it was going to happen, but Rogue One yeah. was a really good example of that, where you actually knew the characters weren't going to make it out of that film, and, and it served its purpose. I still walk yeah. out of that film going, that was a really good film. Instead that was of actually... Going, that yeah, was my favorite of the um, recent Star Wars films. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Definitely. Um, it's because they didn't hold any bars back. You know, the characters yeah. had to die. It had been. Yeah. It was an mention in A New Hope. They yeah. all died, sacrificed themselves to get the plans to them, and they they did it. They they didn't hold anything back, and that, that's that was good storytelling. That's not what quite quite what I'm talking about though. That's still a heroic sacrifice, as Nath mentioned. I'm more talking about sort of like Medea or um, Agamemnon, these sort of characters getting fucking stabbed in the bath or having their mm. children killed as a as sort of a revenge. Like, it's dark and twisted. But, I don't know, it feels more realistic, almost, like, more genuine, like having these characters who always save the day and always succeed and always get the love. I want genuine human drama instead of... Like, it'd be so sick. Like, again, like that's why I like Watchmen. Well, no, my book of Watchmen's here. Um... That's why I like Watchmen so much because these feel like more like actual characters and that the horrors of their life are more real despite the fact that they have powers. Like, look at Dr. Manhattan. He's perfect. You know, he is a god, but at the same time, he's got such a tragic life. You yeah. know, like, it just feels more real to me. I don't know. The MCU um, will never do it. No? No, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you kind of said said it nicely, but segue. Yeah. We are doing Watchmen in December, the comic, so uh, yeah. <laughs> we will be covering the uh, graphic novel in its entirety and discussing that a lot more in depth, so please come on to that one, because that'll be fun. But, but yeah. um, finally, so I can finish my ramble, I don't think the MCU will ever do it, because it doesn't no. sell. Like, it no. wouldn't sell. Um, number one, because if they killed off characters, that goes a source of revenue, and number two, the vast majority of their target audience were children and it would traumatize them mm. and number three um even their adult audience might not want to see it yeah you know like most people who want to go to a blockbuster film just want to be entertained and that's not necessarily a bad thing but ending on such a bad note isn't a good thing when you just want to wind down after a hard week's work you know? Yeah, I think that's it's understandable English. why it's not popular. I, I mean, like I, th I think it's more uh, if you want to get really philosophical about it. Maybe we're going a little bit too far off <laughs> the topic, but I, w I just want to throw my throw my stick into the fire. But uh, I would say is that's maybe representative of like the worsening state of the world makes people more likely to seek positive escapism oh, yeah. rather yeah, than like because that, that's, that's when the world's going good right it's easier to to, to consume a tragic story right because it's like well yeah. that's not the state of the world but if the world's tragic then you want something the opposite of that, right? And that's what that's what I that's what I meant by the creation yeah, of cowboys and superheroes. They yeah. were a response to the world's exactly. tragedy. Exactly. Um, exactly. But and again, if you want to be the the doomsayer, the world is pretty <laughs> tragic now. Uh, maybe maybe just we're all very we're all very good at distracting ourselves. Well, yeah. well, you've got the whole MCU to 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 watch and consume. You can. Uh, yeah. 
you can stay series and all that. Well, there is one of those. Or yeah. you could watch films like Kick-Ass and uh, remind yourself <laughs> that the world is a very real place, and if you get shot, you get shot. Yeah, exactly. There you go. But yeah, I mean, uh, Archie, I mean, you, you have commented on, on you know, this was an impactful film for you, but I, I guess, you, you know, having rewatched the film recently, how do you feel yeah. it sort of holds up? Not great. In um, what regard? Yeah, uh, number one, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not a big fan of the action scenes anymore, excluding the very last one, the one in that corridor. I think that corridor seems great. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I really hate Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, not like i don't hate her as a person to be clear i hate her acting in this film um i think when i watched it back in um 2010 or 11 or whatever it you know like i'm not gonna say i was less aware about film i wasn't aware of what good child acting was and i just don't think she's very good it just feels like she's more like you know like child i can't take child machismo very seriously you know like sure she has the skills but she doesn't really have the skills and it doesn't come off as sort of genuine. And I think as a child, the excitement of seeing someone near your age in a scene like that, the sort of the sort of thing of being like, oh my God, someone like me is fighting these bad guys and winning and doing all these amazing things. You're like, holy shit, that's cool as hell. But then you're an adult and you realize that's never going to happen. These kids are yeah. just going to get punched, ruined, like held down. And as she does. Destroyed. Yeah, as she yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, again, I, and I just, I, uh, I don't know, like, yeah, I just don't like. So, so, so you're saying like the novelty of her playing that child actor, of, of like of, of the role of Hit Girl, right? Yeah. It's less about Chloe Grace Moretz, really, but like the novelty yeah, of having a child yeah. committing mass murder doesn't stack up nowadays. It doesn't stack up as much, and also I, th- I I don't like her acting in it. That that is a genuine thing. I just don't think she's very good. And I mean, I've seen her as an adult, and I still don't think she's very good. I think there's a pretty hard um, role to pull off, though. Yo, like, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> child acting in general is a fucking nightmare like to, to, to do properly it's rare to see very good child actors that they exist like in god what's that film that western the the, the um true grit yeah true grit she's great at yes that. The, recent, the one with the drift bridges yes yeah and then the famous the old one that also had an amazing child actress who also won an oscar mm. you know they, they exist but chloe grace Moretz isn't one of them in my opinion um you know like what's her name the one who's in silence of the lambs uh she i think um won an oscar um, yeah, I'm not sure which film for, but she won an Oscar for her role as, as a drug addicted child prostitute when she was like 12 or 13. You know, so like there are very capable uh, young child actors who can do roles like this. I just don't think Chloe Grace Moretz could do it. I, well, maybe, but I again, like you said, you don't think a child like Machismo sort of Machismo, sorry, sort of stacks up. Yeah, right? yeah, no, no, okay, let, let me also add on to that um that's that's my more personal take on charlie yeah. Kismo, but i think also her acting is bad like okay either way, either way i'm not gonna like the character presented on screen because of that whole child machismo thing yeah. but i think there are other actors past and present who so as who, children would have done a better job they could have mitigated that 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 like uh disadvantage of playing a character like that yeah i just i just yeah. felt like there were lots of scenes with chloe grace Moretz where it they like there's a scene um when uh so you know when like when when big daddy is that his name big daddy big daddy yeah yeah big daddy and hit girl are just interacting and um nicholas cage is like just being himself like he always is and he's a good actor like he's Mm. he's been nominated and won oscars like i like him a lot and he can act and then it just it just feels to me like going from one
one person who's actually acting. It's, and then to Hit Girl, who just, that as well, to me, felt feels like there's just really no in me. Hold up. And I, just, I, it, I agree. It's like on, watching, on rewatching you now, know, like high school drama, uh, university drama. I, I, was, I always thought Hit Girl was the funniest part of the film. Like, like just the entire concept of this little girl. You know, from the first scene she shows up and the music that plays alongside it was just the funniest thing in the world. Just watching, like, John Wick as a little girl, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, this is incredible, just just, just for the sheer fact that it's a little girl killing someone, not because of, she's funny when she acts it, it's just, yeah. uh, the, it's what she does, right, that, that's funny, yeah. but this time around, I, I, maybe I'm just getting old and, and really boring, but I was just like, that's, this is horrific, like, yeah, I was I like, this poor, she, this poor girl, is, she's been like, gaslit into this by her dad, like, she's been groomed for this shit. Yeah, I, I notice that a lot more now, like. Yeah, I remember the, the whole gaslighting thing did not strike me when I first saw that film, but seeing it now, Nicolas Cage's character becomes a lot worse. Sorry, Aiden? I do certainly call that out, you know, when yeah. the, um, the police officer comes in, he's like, you're, you know, you're brainwashing, and he's like, no, it's a game. Like, so they, they do touch on it. Um, yeah. See, I'm, I'm on the opposite end of this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm indifferent about Hit Girl. Um, if I'm honest, you know, same okay. as you guys. When I was younger watching it, I was like, holy shit, there's a kid going around <laughs> just chopping people's legs off. Great. Yeah. But different with that, if anything, I was more into following kick-ass and, and Big Daddy's kind of arcs. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. say this now. You've already touched on it. Nick Cage. Nick Cage in this was was the goat for me. He made yeah. this film. Mm. Just with himself. He yeah. acts as Nick Cage. Uh, acts can, I, can I quickly interrupt? I don't actually know yeah. what goat stands for. I've heard Greatest of all time. Okay, there we go. Simple. I should have yeah. done that. Or he's a king, then he's a king, but he, he was yeah. literally the best thing about this film. Like, yeah. just playing himself, but that's what he, you needed. You needed, like, a bit of a yeah. detached, over the top actor yeah, to I mean, play. Nicholas Cage is, like, perfectly cast, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nailed this role. He was, um, I was genuinely gutted, obviously, spoilers time, but, you know, when they do kill him off, again, it, it grounded it back to reality, but. That was probably the, the the hardest thing to watch, you know. It was like, shit, this was probably my favorite character, and they just killed him off. Here's a question for you. Um, so you know how everyone is like, it hints that literally everyone is watching that live streamed execution. Yeah. Do you think everyone in real life would actually be watching that live streamed execution? Okay, <laughs> like, you know, so, so like Superman existed, and someone's live streamed, they're gonna murk Superman. I'd be watching. Yeah, I'd be like, watching as well, but I'm talking about more the sense of like every like are people desensitized enough in real life to actually no. want to watch real life? I, I, that's the, I think I, they should have. Where they when they kind of lost me for it is I would be the same as you know uh, Dave's friends when they're watching in the cafe, they're getting beaten. Well, no, because yeah. originally they all think it's an unmasking, so yeah, you'd be down for that. Yeah. And then yeah. when they realize actual torture, yeah. some of them just carry on watching it, and then yeah. others just like okay. I don't think yeah. I'd want to see. I think it's a tough one because your curiosity yeah. would be like, holy shit, are they actually going to get killed? But on the yeah. other side, you'd be like, this is really fucked up. Why is no one calling the police? Or is why is yeah. nothing happening? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I'm just thinking Netflix because, like. There's a on that, actually. Have sorry? you seen it? There's a Netflix series based on that concept. I can't remember what it's called, um, where basically this guy gets cat kidnapped, and there's like a YouTube video, like, when it gets to 50,000 views, we'll kill him, and people keep clicking it. No, I haven't heard about that. Now. I watched it a couple of months ago, but basically, it's that, again, it's that concept. Um, yeah, it was a okay series. It was, it was the concept was more interesting than the actual show it was. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, that no, is really interesting. Like, I, I don't know. Obviously, because we're watching it as film viewers, we obviously yeah. have to watch 
interesting, but yeah. that was an interesting take. And it's like where um, one of the girls is like cuddling Dave's friend, and then he's like not even bothered about what's going on on <laughs> video. It's like I got a girl talking to me, and I was like. <laughs> I don't know how realistic that bit would be. I really, I'll just quick, quick <laughs> It was way too realistic, bro. The shit, the, the <laughs> thing that carried that film for me was actually Dave's friends in this case. Like, the, the, the constant shit talking, I think, was beautifully acted and written. It felt like there was a genuine chemistry between the three of them. And it, uh, yeah. Nath, it just felt like, you know, when we you meet up with like people from, do you remember when we went to um, Spoons a year ago or a couple of years ago and we saw those guys from school? And oh we just, yeah. We started shit talking one particular one of them. Yeah. And it just yeah. felt normal. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that's good or anything, but like it just I mean, felt like that. I know what you like, mean. Real, yeah. Realistic, down to earth male banter, which is they I think very hard to get right. Banter and teenage like life, to be honest, yeah. they they yeah. that very well. You know, like the whole yeah. thing of him being like I'm just your average kid who's like whacking off and stuff. I was like, yeah. <laughs> realistic, you know. With it, with obviously humor, but that is a realistic take on what teenagers are, are are about. They're not they're not like these, you know, superhuman kids. They're not these kids that live lives of luxury. And if they are, you know, we were looking at the everyday person. I think they they capture the teenage life very accurately. I, I you know, as a teenager, I've, I was I would have been kick ass his age back then. I yeah. found it very um very accurate and. Yeah, yeah that's, you, that's they, it's no, it's no young justice, right? They're not, they're not all yeah. teenagers aren't yeah, just, yeah. just per- perfect crime fighters. They're, 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 they're filthy, they're dirty, and they're, they're, they're dumb, and they don't know anything, and and they have delusional dreams of grandeur of being a superhero. <laughs> that's always the best part about things like this is when they 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 decide to actually show the realistic side of high school, like you know, like in betweeners skins mm. these stories of real real people in that setting because i mean a lot of high school characters are usually acted by like 20 year olds you know they yeah. all look wrong they, they they sort of act on their their vision of what high school was 15 years after they finished high school you know they're, they're kind of going off the warped memory of their experience like i don't know like again you have to assume that the writers of these realistic ones are probably going off their own war perceptions but somehow they they feel more genuine they feel more real maybe it's also the fact that in the case of in-betweeners and skins they're set in the uk yeah so, so this was more relatable right because like you, yeah. you would have been through the same thing so but it's, also it's just the whole, the whole general the whole general vibe of the way they dress the way they talk to the way the places they go to you know there was no attempt at presenting a sort of idealized version of uk life it felt very grounded yeah that of course groundedness and... is what is needed i think yeah, and I think Crickass definitely handles the whole superhero concept with that groundedness. Like yeah. I, the contrast, I find I, I just I just love the first scene where Hit Girl shows up, and it immediately smacks you dead in the face because like all yeah. before it was like Kickass hyping himself up. He's getting clicks. He's getting a website. He's people know him on the street, and he's he's he's, he's come to this drug dealer's house to to, to lay down the the hurt, and and then Hit Girl shows up and just blows him out out of the water and really shows yeah. him what an actual i mean superheroes in the best of sense because she basically what she does is murder people but yeah. as a superhero within the, you know conceptually speaking is yeah. that's what a real one looks like and i think the contrast yeah. between Kickass and this 11 year old girl is, is such a, a weird dynamic like it's not one you would really really find between you know someone that's clearly much younger and completely you know outclassing this this older man i guess this teenager right like it's it's, it's an interesting power they handle that really well though because straight after he meets hit girl and big daddy he gives he goes to bed and cries and gives up because he's like <laughs> i'm way out of my debt and yeah. again, i think that's a realistic take if you just saw someone you know completely outclass you in the thing that you thought you were solely doing 
You are probably going to go, nah, I'm done with this right now. Let's also, let's also consider the fact that not only was he outclassed, but he also watched a whole room full of like grown men get gutted by yeah, a young girl. So I don't think be... it's necessarily just the fact that he was outclassed. I think he was also, he realized that, that just how violent the real world was, you know? Yeah, he wasn't, like, wasn't, he wasn't just beating it like the Math Olympiad or something. It was, it was actually yeah. just him watching people get straight up eviscerated by an 11 year old girl. Yeah, and I think. That, been stabbed and hit by a car probably didn't compare to being like your legs getting slit, sliced <laughs> off and bullets oh. through you. Something, something that struck me actually when watching that scene again is that for in one of what the Kickass is one of the few films I've only actually seen twice. The originally, originally, and I'm now, and that I very clearly remember. Well, clearly it's warped, but visually, it, in my mind, it feels clear. Remember that scene being a lot more violent than it actually is. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I remember in the whole film being way more graphic and it just yeah. wasn't. I think, at least from my perspective of having a very restrictive upbringing when it comes to, you know, mature um, media, I think it's because I hadn't actually seen that much before. Mm. Like, I, 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 I couldn't conceptualize what actual film violence was. So, like, that was just the most brutal I'd ever seen. But at the same time, I realized I actually had seen Gamer before that. And that's even more violent. Yeah. But I still remember that scene in Kickass being more, much more violent than it actually was. So I don't know. I, I, I still, I, oh, sorry, sorry. If you want to go ahead, Aiden. Uh, my other thing I just wanted to bring up really quickly is, and I, I didn't really recognize it to this time, but they gloss over Dave's mom's death so quickly. <laughs> no, no, that happens in the graphic novel as well. It's, it's it just, just, yeah. It, it, it was just quite, I think, again, it was another like subversion of expectations because. You thought, you know, as he kind of, you know, jokes that there's no revenge story anything, but like you, you, I thought like they'd maybe they'd use that as a plot theme throughout, and they literally just gloss over it. And there's a one-off comment that he's like, "Your mum would be really happy for you," and I was like, "Wow, okay, I really thought that they were gonna would have took that a different way." And I, I liked it, but it was just it, again, it was shocking as a and kid I mean, as well. Like, again, it's super, it's a super um, cliche idea, you know. Mm. Look at Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure Superman also has the whole relationship with his adoptive mother as well, to some extent. Maybe it's not, she hasn't died, but his connection to her is pretty solid, serious, mm. at least in the films that I've seen. So maybe, you know, just by glossing over and being like, well, death happens, whatever. Mm. You know, we've had to learn to move on. That, that That's more real. That's more genuine, you know. At risk of sounding yeah. overly philosophical and very, very shallow, death is normal <laughs> and natural, and we have to get on with it. Yeah, um, and so... again, it was just another good subversion of you know the cliches and the the tropes that some films fall into. Uh, yeah. I think the other thing what I was going to say is oh, back when I when I, I remember watching this in cinema vaguely, um, is obviously when you first introduced a big daddy and hit girl when they're doing the the gun training. Um, there was genuine <laughs> gasps and shock when hit girl gets shot by big daddy. Like I think people either didn't know what they were coming into or yeah. they just were shocked that someone just shot an 11 year old girl and it was her own dad obviously yeah. she gets back up because she's got a uh, kevlar on but i just rem i remember like i smirked watching this scene because i just remember how genuinely shocked someone was like they just shot an 11 year old girl i'm like you clearly have not got the idea of what this film is about i i still found that very very funny this time around yeah. the way she shot like flies back <laughs> no then I, what i like about that scene specifically is the where where he's just like I think he says, well done, baby girl, and then shoots as it cuts. Yeah, He's yeah. already shot her once. She's, she's probably got this terrible bruise in her chest, and he's like, two more rounds. Guns are down. 
I, I love oh. the way Nicolas Cage speaks in this. Like, I, As I don't, in when very... he's in his character or when he's himself? Just in, in his character, the very sort of yeah. stilted way of yeah, um, I, I, and sort of stuff I, like that. I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Amazon Prime has this thing where it shows you tips and trivia. I, I didn't read it, but I noticed a small little trivia thing saying that um, um, Nicolas Cage modeled his character off a um, another superhero of some kind. I think it might have been an old Batman and rendition. Oh, right. oh, maybe that's yeah. one. I'm not sure which one though. So. That would make sense. That's really yeah. cool. Actually, he, yeah. yeah, again, he was so good. I mean, the yeah. scene where he's, you know, um, when he's burning alive and he's still shouting to Hit Girl what methods to use to try and like get around them. Again, he stole the scene in that because that, yeah. it was very over the top, but it was so well done. And I, I genuinely like you could hear he was trying to help, but he was in absolute agony. And, and I think that's. That whole, you know, mom lifting a car thing, that probably the adrenaline of trying to save your daughter whilst in excruciating pain was, again, another realistic take on it, I suppose. I have a question for you. Um, uh, wait, sorry, now my question might lead into a larger conversation, so you go first. I was just going to say that I, I was surprised by how good that, that, that scene was. Um, so when, when she when she has the sort of night vision goggles and it does the sort of first person perspective, oh, I got, that's cool. it was very, very awesome. I totally forgot that that happened, but it gave me massive, like, I don't know if you guys ever saw Hardcore Henry, which was like a... Yeah, I saw Hardcore Henry. Yeah, that, I was just like, that's... Wow. Like, I'd totally forgotten about the first person perspective and it really, really uh, f sort of flips the perspective a lot and it's really, really enjoyable, that bit. But yeah, go on, Archie. Do you think um, Big Daddy slash Nicholas Cage's character, whatever his name is, is a morally good character. That's a uh, Do you think what he's what he's doing is he's, you know, like think, is he is he in the right for what he's doing basically? I see, I he's right in that he should be getting not justice should be served for him yeah. him you know being screwed over, but is he doing it the right way? But then again, I suppose that goes back to the whole you know vigilantism is. Is anyone going to take him down as corrupt cops in the precinct? If because he's an ex, if he's an ex officer and he's got the skills and you know the motive to do it, why not? Because to me, it kind of feels like he's very similar to Dread, just without the moral authority of the fact that he's Dread is an actual officer. With the legal authority, not yeah, the moral authority. The, sorry, yeah, without the legal authority, they're basically the same thing. Yeah, you know, like, I so, mean, I, I, I don't think he, I don't think like, he has the moral authority though, because like it, it, he was only framed, right? That doesn't he was framed because of five years. Which, no, which no, no, but indirectly, indirectly, it would be different yeah. if the mobsters actually directly killed his wife. That'd be different because yeah, no, no, they'd be no, tip for tat. But they're not. Clear. They I, didn't I, make I, her I overdose actually, on the drugs. I don't think. I don't think he is morally right. I'm just kind of wondering what you guys think. Well, that, that's that's think my stance on it. Is that I don't think he's right. I don't think he's right at all. Plus, it's, yeah, it's I, poor parenting, right? Like to making yeah, yeah. yeah terrible parenting. I mean, if it's a <laughs> crusade, it would be more understandable. Yeah. Again, it's not. I get. I mean, I get the anger and the wanting revenge thing. Yeah. That, that's clear for me. But to go on a crusade with your when she well she started at five from what the backstory you know monologue was, you know, yeah. to train your daughter to be a, a murderer. I mean, again, he, the, the, his partner ex cop. His ex friend um, calls it out. He's just like, you know, you've ruined this child's childhood. Yeah, you know, yeah, get yeah. away from that, which he has. You know, social services should be all over that shit. Yeah, well, no, dude, if those social services went anywhere near him, he'd barricade the house and gun them all down. Let's be yeah. realistic and probably get her to help him. It would just go be a bloodbath. 
yeah, we're going back to that. Oh. I know you said you didn't like all the action, but I did like the Big Daddy taking down the warehouse. Yeah, that, was, that was actually a good scene. It, the, 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 the music... Yeah, Minimalistic. The music that plays during that is, is that not from Twenty Eight Weeks, Twenty Eight Days Later? It's one I of those. A, I noticed a lot of music in that the, film was actually taken from other films. Yeah, there was a repetitive guitar. I, I, I've, heard, I've a hundred percent heard that guitar before, and I spent that entire scene when I was rewatching it, just like, what have I heard this from? I, I wasn't even paying it. Yeah. I mean, the scene itself is awesome, but but I um, mean, like for example, when um, what's his name's burning um, on the live stream, it plays. Um, a song from a film called Sunshine, I think. Yeah, that is my, mm. yeah, yeah. I, the one about scientists in the sun. I've not actually seen it, but I know yeah. the soundtrack. Um, so you know, like, like I mean, Watchmen, the film also uh, takes a lot from other films music-wise. So you know, it's, it's done as long as they get the rights. Who cares? No, no, it's, it's just, it's just, I, I was just trying to know if either of you guys actually knew what it was from or not. No, I'd, I'd heard it as well. I, I yeah. uh, to be honest with you, when I first heard it, I thought Metro Exodus. To be oh really? Oh, I can um, see that actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all I can really say about that song. I definitely recognised it, but that, yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell you where from. I'm pretty sure it is the final act in uh, 28 Days Later. Yeah, I'm I think sure so. I haven't seen um, that film in years. So good. We need probably need to cover that as well. Um, yeah. I think I know we spoke a lot about the action, and I know you, you know, again it, it has aged, but I found some of the comedy beats really funny. Still, like I laughed out loud at some bits. Might just be my sense of humor, but like the two best parts for me where I genuinely laughed out loud was when Red Mist is on the trash dumpster, like looking all right, and he's like, "Oh fuck, shit, that's Again, and then the other one was the again it, it's so subtle, but um when the big henchman has a bazooka in Mark Strong's character, is it like a bazooka? Yeah, okay. And it just he kind of bats it off. That just really tickled me. Again, and also again. this, um again, he he always plays quite a typical villain role, but it, it works. He's I really enjoy him. I watched Shazam not long not long ago and he was in that, he's in Kingsman. And he's all, he's always low key, really good in it. Yeah, Mark Strong's a great actor. He's in he's Titus in Space Marine. Yes, from our, our last episode, uh, which has the gameplay for for Warhammer Space Marine on it. So, yeah. Captain Titus, Leandros, Leandros Astartes does not approve this action. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Mark Strong. I've always liked Mark Strong. Um, I, he's in Star Citizen, another game, but if that ever releases, who knows? Uh, but uh, my favorite funny parts, I think I've already mentioned, where the <laughs> where the, where Dave's friends, I love them. I, they're they're amazing. Yeah. Um, again, I really like the way Mark Strong's character. Well, oh, that's a great scene actually. I just realized where he's just um, he's in that warehouse where they're like about to kill that guy because they think they've he's, he's um he's sold drugs to someone without their consent, even though yeah. he hasn't. And then he gets in the thing and he's like, "We're going to be late for the the film." Um, and then he's like. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. We'll just miss the trailer. He's like, I want a popcorn. Okay, get popcorn. And I'm like, Do you want Pepsi? <laughs> yeah, get Pepsi. And it's like, get me a, get me like a, like, I don't know what it is in American, but like a Tango Ice Pass mixed. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and a pack of Twizzlers. And you see that kind of like, that kind of drawn out pause. Yeah. Where he's like working through and he said what he wants. I like that. That was funny. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten, uh, well, I hadn't forgotten about it, but I'd forgotten how horrible. Well, it was a lot worse the way I remembered it. You know, when they put the the Russian in the microwave for the, the, the lump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the guy just like, 
Yeah, so did I. But it was, I thought it was funny this time around because yeah, the guy's just still asking him questions, even though the guy's like visibly just like holding his head, like about to explode. And the guy's like, "What have know. you done with that coke? Where's the coke? Where's the coke?" And then the guys at the back just start laughing when he dies. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just don't care. Another one that's an interesting take. Obviously, the whole kind of mini subplot of Dave being gay and that in <laughs> essence gets him to get closer with Katie who's his love interest yeah uh, interesting concept that he basically plays off that he's gay to be friends with her to just get closer to her like I was thinking back then that's really funny but then in, in my head I was like did he get away with this like is this acceptable would, would, would why, she... why did why does the why does she eliminate the possibility of him being bisexual why can't <laughs> where is that why is it black and white <laughs> Because he got stabbed and gets his clothes missing, uh, so she just automatically is like, "You must be gay." <laughs> I've got a, I've got another Sterile. example. I've got a couple Sterile. of examples actually. Um, one of the characters says "retarded" as well, which obviously wouldn't yeah, be over now. And then yeah. when um, I think Hit Girl calls his taser gay. Yeah. You know, like things like that. I don't it's... think would fly over now. Oh, well, they're, they're it's of, ten they're years ago, their, right? Yeah, yeah, they're of their time very much. Yeah, they very much are, and I, and I did. I winced at some of them because I just thought. If people watch this now and didn't, you know, understand it was a product of his time, they would probably take shots at that. But yeah. again, it's a product of his time. I mean, and if people don't realise it's ten years old, just look at the fucking phones they're using. <laughs> the, the flip phones. The flip phones with really yeah. bad pixel quality. Yeah, and I, my I, phone I never had a flip phone. I, I, I think the thing that is is definitely probably the, the, the peak of it of, of, you know being of its time is where he's like obsessing over his face uh, myspace page you know yeah, face, yeah. facebook wasn't even like a big thing then like I, I think i made my facebook account like 2008 2009 so it wasn't even yeah yeah like MySpace was still a thing around then but fucking hell i, I MySpace <laughs> is dead now absolutely I mean, gone. To be fair, like Relic. facebook is kind of dead now as well yeah you know the like, facebook is a boomer thing Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's you know, on Instagram, like, Insta, Twitter, yeah. and that. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair though, Insta is owned by Facebook. So... It's it's all part of the metaverse, dude. Oh. All, eventually, we're never going to own anything. We're going to have NFTs in the digital wasteland that Mark Zuckerberg constructs for us. It's Something the matrix. It's a matrix with with more lizard people. Something that I noticed, um, so so it was a take I saw online, um. A lot of the the metaverse is basically a copy of what science fiction writers have been writing as a cautionary tale against. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They're, they're basically creating something which sci-fi writers have said would t- be terrible for human society. And they're like, "Oh, and it's fantastic! It's going to be incredible!" <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but that's completely off topic. But to be fair, it would be kind of sick if we were having this conversation in a virtual like sitting room somewhere. Yeah, we, yeah could, we, could, we could talk to Kickass, bro. We could have like Kickass costumes <laughs> on and be like VR chat, but with with more physical violence, you know? Because yeah. you know, well, that would be an interesting question as to how how could you have like digital vigilantism and stuff like that? Like everyone's just fucking Batman. Oh, like, no, we're, <laughs> well, I'm really. All right, that's that's just yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just I'm humoring myself. Let me answer your question though. I mean, in in Snow Crash great book which is where the, the word metaverse comes from by the way oh really it's a, it's a, it's a uh, cyberpunk novel from the oh, so, so mark, mark zuckerberg stole something else yeah it's completely ripped off um but the main character is called hero protagonist but that's a point nice. uh, for the tenant um, it's very tenant like right yeah yeah it's very similar to that it's meta as hell um but he helped create the metaverse the character 
and he is a, a god-tier swordsman only in the metaverse because he programmed himself to be a god-tier swordsman. So, you know, like, that could be a thing. <laughs> if you're technically able, you could make yourself a god at whatever you wanted in the metaverse. Oh, oh, we're getting way too, way too far off because I, I was about to ask some more questions about that, but I won't. I will stick to the topic. But yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think this you should is read that book, though. You should read that book. What was it called? Snow, 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 Crash. Snow, Snow Crash. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another yes, one please. added to Archie's ever-expanding list of recommendations for Aiden. Uh, yeah. if, <laughs> if, if any viewers want to tag in on that, I'm sure Aiden would love the, the, <laughs> the help. But anyway, Kick-Ass is, uh, you know, as we've, we've gone over prior to our discussion about the fundamental realities that we're going to exist in in the next 10 years, uh, we're discussing the, uh, fun, you know, what we enjoyed from the film. And uh, I would also say that one of the highlights I found was when the guy is like, everything's, you know, like the final, um, that final fight with, with uh, in, in, in the the penthouse, when <laughs> the henchman's like, don't worry, sir, everything's under control. And it's all like sheepishly, like goes to the side of the room and like, slowly picks up the, the rocket launcher and like backs out the room. And then Red Mist is like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Under and control? He, and then, 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 he, then he turns to Mark Strong and Mark Strong just nods. And I, I do love as well, like it's still stuck in my mind where they're driving around in the Mistmobile and they've got Crazy on uh, by Niles oh, Barkley exactly. and he's just like, drawing some weed. I, I, I find it helps when I'm facing the crowd. It's just... Yeah. Oh, it's just, again, it's just so, again, so like, brilliantly when done. You, when you're a kid, you think that shit's the coolest thing ever, but then after years of smoking weed and being around people who smoke a lot of weed, you realize allegedly, that's, allegedly, that's 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 most certainly uh, not something we endorse or encourage in any manner, and any person that engages in it should do so under their own, you know, control is, and decision true. making. Yeah. So just to be yeah. clear, prior yeah, to any mention, it's it's bad and you should never do it. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean that in any sarcastic or jokey way. You, you should I know, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Yes, we're saying this is bad, but we're not putting a disclaimer on the graphic violence and getting legs slashed that's, off. That's also them. fair. Yeah, that's but we're, I think we're more worried about this actually going up, less about yeah. anything else. That, that's just comedy, uh, man. That's just comedy. <laughs> that's just comedy. But my point is, smoking weed isn't cool. Yeah. You know, like, like it helps me. Like, like, look at me driving along in this expensive car with weed. You're going to crash, bro. You're gonna yeah. crash over in the car, probably hurt yourself and other people. Just or get pulled over by the hardworking law enforcement. So yeah, that's either that option, well. either so, neither like, ends well for you. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's Red Mist's warped sense of what is cool: driving a tricked-out Mustang and smoking weed. <laughs> that's actually a good point because he, um, yeah, actually that's about his character again because he doesn't really interact with anyone, right? He's yeah. Well, that's mentioned in the first, like David. Yeah. He's like, Don't you feel bad for him? Like he's he's. Yeah, he's yeah. He, and his friends that's are like, oh, so, he's so rich. Yeah, so in other words, yeah, that's a point. That's character development, isn't it? I, I do love that bit. That, that is, that is one of the funny. Where the guy goes, fuck off. Like, <laughs> the, way this, the facial expression is just absolutely sublime. It's, it's so brilliant. So, so I know you guys said it didn't hold up and you haven't enjoyed it, but I'm hearing still some good feedback. So no, what... no, no, I said no. it didn't hold up in parts, and that I still overall yeah. enjoyed. Yeah, it. yeah, I think that I, like I remember it very, very fondly, and I still yeah. enjoyed watching it. But I will admit I suppose... that you know, rose yeah, rose tinted glasses. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we've grown up, and bits that we you've probably found funny as a kid aren't less funny, or they're almost sadly more relatable. So you're like, <laughs> yeah. Eh. yeah. Yeah, 
It's just, I think it comes down really to this whole sense of when you're a kid, you watch this shit and you're like, holy shit, it's amazing. But then when you're mm. older and you're more aware, it loses that sort of that naive shine almost. Yeah. You know, like weed is cool and driving big cars is cool and killing bad guys is cool. That's cool for 14, 13 year olds. But when you're older, it's just like, eh. yeah. You're there for different things. Say you're like, a boomer yeah. without saying you're a boomer. My God, that's not, no, that's not what I mean, bro. I'm <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just being provocative. Uh... Okay, fine, yeah. I mean, boomers probably just hate that movie overall, though. Like, I still like that film for its dialogue and its characters. I just don't like yeah. Kid Girl at all. You know. I mean, I, to be good. fair, you, you've, you've got it right. Like, I, you know, when I first watched this eleven years ago, it was probably in my top ten films at the time, just because yeah. of how it was, but. No, I enjoyed it a lot. I, you know, I rewatched it. I think it's probably the first time I watched it in probably a good six, seven years anyway. Yeah. Um, I still enjoyed it, but I would never, I would put it nowhere near my top 10 films at all. Like, it wouldn't even come close. It's just an easy watch, I suppose. It's mm. got its dumb and it's funny. Uh, it, was a, it was a couple hours of my life that I thought, yeah, okay, I enjoyed that. No regrets, really. I think Kingsman is the better of the uh, oh, films. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Sure. Definitely. That film straight up still is entertaining and violent. Like that church scene. Oh. You know, like I'm 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 an enormous James Bond fan, and I we still need yeah. to, to to cover James Bond actually at some point. But mm. you, I suppose, uh, Kickass is to the superhero genre what Kingsman is to James Bond, right? Yeah. With yeah. that kind of like stylized. Also by Mark Miller. Well, of course, because he he seems to have a bit of a shtick, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of taking sort of pre-existing concepts and just hyper-violent, you know, hyper-stylized violence to them, and just mm-hmm. sort of mix it all together with a bit of dash of Chemical X, and you're good to go. But um, yeah, it works if you know what you're doing. Do it. Yeah, so I I, I don't know. I I I I, th- I thought it was a good story. You need to go back twenty years. <laughs> what? Wait, what about twenty years? What? Chemical X thing. Well, that that's Powerpuff Girls, is it not? Yeah. It's yeah. Oh, oh, the X. Oh God. Jesus. That's what I was going for. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got it. Okay. Well, at yeah, least you got it. At least you got it. But yeah, no, no, I got, I got it the first time. I just I didn't realize we were going to make a point about the reference. Oh no, I wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's old as hell. Okay. Yeah. Well, for for anyone that didn't get the joke, let me explain yeah. the joke. Is that. In the begin in in the opening credits of the Powerpuff Girls, a kind of animated TV show from the nineties, is that yeah. uh, the professor mixes up uh, sugar and spice and all things nice with a bit of chemical X, and so come out the Powerpuff Girls. And I yeah. was making a joke, collect connect, connecting <laughs> chemical X, this 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 potent uh, decisive formula, adding to to Mark Miller's tendency to deconstruct pre-existing literary concepts and trends within the graphic novel and comic book industry. So there you go. A deconstruction of my joke. <laughs> I'm sure Mark Miller would love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any more thoughts on uh, Kickass? Anything else to say? I I think we've probably been all over the place with this podcast, mm. which I've enjoyed, to be quite frank. Yeah. yeah so but I I, I I what the point stands, I think. Hopefully, you could get if you're listening to this, you know, as a viewer, what hopefully we could get from that, even this whole conversation, is the fact that. It, it stirs interesting conversation you know this yeah. is still a great film fun to watch but i think it's the concepts and ideas behind it that, that really got people like like we said it's not so much hit girl you know the action sequences maybe don't hold up as well but it's the concept of an 11 year old girl doing those things that still resonates right 
and uh, you know the idea of someone becoming a, a superhero and all that sort of thing, this sort of vigilantism, it's still a relevant and interesting concept to explore. So I think it's timeless in that regard, even though, as we mentioned, some of the aspects of the comedy, I guess, in some regard, won't hold up the same way. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think there's I much know. else, really. Mm. Go on, Archie. No, my, take, my, take the bait. Reel us in. My, my final point, really, is... Like again, I think I've already said this to some extent, but I really do like superhero deconstruction, despite not really liking superhero stuff anymore. Um, and it does this. I don't think this is the best one, but it, it it was the the first one I'd ever seen, and for that it will remain, I think, um, in my in my memory, and I will watch it again in the future. Uh, I mean, because we we just we didn't mention the boys in terms of you know superhero oh, deconstructions. Yeah, I feel like that. I've, we kind that's of number one at the moment. Went, went right over that. That, that that's yeah. you know showing that this kind of genre, I guess, this this superhero, perhaps like the the massive popularity that the boys got would have been kick ass had it been released, you know, yeah. at the, the time of the boys came out because people were wanting it's, that, you know, here's, peak here's MCU. A here's a question for you: Do you think we'll eventually get superhero deconstruction fatigue? Because at, at this point, I feel like that's the thing right now. Then we're just going to yeah. move to fantasy deconstruction, dude. It's it, there's but always there's like, always something you could tear apart to make it into smaller fantasy, bits to exploit. Fantasy deconstruction already exists in the form of Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. And we're trying to turn Wheel of Time into Game of Thrones. Maybe we'll get superhero deconstruction, deconstruction material next, and just keep going. Uh, so, so, meta. Super meta, just meta, post meta. Yeah, you'll, 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 you'll get someone writing a story in a TV show about deconstructing superheroes, and it's yeah, it just sounds meta. It's just a that's just an episode of Community, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I don't think we're going to be fatigued of it unless it continues to boom as much as it is. I think you know you've got the boys at the moment, and you know, but that that's spread out quite nicely you know you have to wait a year or so for each season um, and yeah. i don't really know what else i can't think of anything on the top of my head obviously i had kick-ass deadpool and tv show uh, was that i don't know i feel like maybe it's because i reading graphic novels i feel like it exists more in the graphic novel scene mm-hmm. um but still i don't know maybe in the future because uh, i mean the like usually when the deconstruction starts coming along that's when the genre dies yeah. Um, because, like, if you look at Cowboys, for example, the Cowboy peak ended with, like, films like Unforgiven and stuff, where yeah. Clint Eastwood stopped being the moral, amazing cowboy and became the, the sort of ex-gang member who had a dark past and came back one last time to, to fight against this corrupt sheriff or whatever, you know, but he was evil, he was violent, he was twisted, but he was tired and he was relatable. That's a deconstruction of the Cowboy stuff. And that no longer really exists. And if you do actually watch new new westerns, most of them are from that perspective. So mm. maybe that will become the norm. Maybe superheroes, as they stand now, will stop being a thing. And maybe the deconstruction will itself become the norm. I think that's a very good point. You've said it like with horror. Like obviously, slashes, you know, in the late eighties and nineties was all the rage, and then it started to die down. And then Scream came along and did a deconstruction of slasher films. Was very meta in it. And it almost revamped and released a whole new wave of horror films that mm. were, you know, better constructing slasher films and stuff. So maybe that's where, yeah, that's maybe where we'll go next. Oh, so I, just, I, I feel like popular cinema needs to change. 
in my opinion. It's getting a bit stale. As Archie's opinion, he's had enough of the MCU. <laughs> no more superheroes. No more saving the world. I just want to watch people die in horrific ways and have moral calamities about it. I that's want that thing that's, now to that's... the horror of the world. Archie needs. Archie needs. What, what is it? Um. Oh. Uh, catharsis. He needs the yeah, catharsis yeah. of uh, watching someone else suffer for their own. Uh, what is it? Um, oh, illusions. Well, their own illusions. That the, uh, their own confidence. What was it called? Uh, Self confidence. Naivety. No, no. Uh, forget it. Anyway, besides the point is that tra- tragedy is the future, and, and Archie wants to see it. And <laughs> I think I kind of agree. Is that I'd like to see more films like Kick Ass, the presenting. Yeah. I, you know, like I really enjoyed the boys. I really enjoy superhero deconstructions, but I also do still enjoy superhero stuff. Like when I've been watching Young Justice, I'm actually like, I kind of this is cushy. Like I like just, you know, the comfort. Superheroes, it's not your formula. I think the yeah. formula needs to change if they're going to yeah. keep releasing. Because I, I like, yeah, I suppose point. fundamentally, I like the idea. It could change it because it's going more detective noir instead of your classic superhero tropes and beat 'em up. So there's there's hope. Yeah. Yeah, my I, point was uh, that I don't necessarily just want to see, like, I I don't think violence and tragedy will exist in modern cinema, in popular cinema. I mean, in the sense of I'm just bored of what's currently normal. Yeah, like, yeah. Star Wars and the and the and the Marvel, like I I don't I don't expect like young Disney children to go watch two and a half hour lot blockbusters where all the characters get gutted violently. Like that's a bit extreme. <laughs> Um, that but I I can find those in books and films and graphic novels and um, games which aren't popular but still exist. I just I, I I like going to the cinema. I like watching these big bus big blockbuster movie experiences, which are usually twelve A's. I'm just currently bored of what currently is available. I mean, June yeah. was a pretty good example of something that was slightly different. That was an adaptation made by an absolute king director, though. Um, so I don't know. I just I like Marvel. Disney have got a formula and they're gonna bleed it dry and however long hopefully that takes that ends sooner rather than later. Hopefully everyone gets bored of it. But as is unfortunately the case, children are born every year. Uh, every second of every day of every month of every year. So you know, younger generations are gonna constantly form and Disney is constantly gonna get a new audience and it's probably never gonna go away. You know I so on, on that note, <laughs> everyone, we have um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure next week. Yes, yes. Well, I think they, yeah, uh, we've got JoJo's coming up. So uh, we're going to discuss primarily part three, I think. So Stardust Crusaders, but this is a massive personal favorite anime of mine. Uh, so yeah, that'll be exciting to talk about. But I hope you've enjoyed our discussion of Kickass, even though we've very lightly touched on Kickass <laughs> overall. I think we've dived into more of a sort of general discussion of its position within a deconstructive sort of literary style of, of well, not literary style, but a also, well, a literary style as well it's as a film artistic. filmmaking style. Yeah, an artistic yeah. style of a film. So yeah. we weren't just discussing the film; we were also discussing how it plays into the wider cinematic uh, landscape, I suppose. So yeah, yeah. but in summary, Kickass good. Kick-ass good. Yeah, Kick-ass pretty good, yeah. What would you rate it? Eight out of ten? Just a quick seven. 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 seven yeah. Yeah. I'd say seven. Yeah, so it's all, yeah, it's all yeah. seven out of ten. When I was younger, but because, you know, it's aged and I things sleep. haven't To be contrarian, I'm going to bring it down to a six. Okay. So Archie yeah, loses that. a point. Who would have guessed? That's one unborn <laughs> child that Archie just added to the list. 
Oh, so on, on that point, don't have kids and join us next week for a discussion of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure.